and welcome to Don't Die Before You're Dead. I am your host, Mary McCartney, and this is where we talk about all things related to living the life that you're meant to live. So my question for you today is, are you single? Are you unattached and trying to fight this isolation all by yourself and finding it a real struggle? I think many of us are. Being single when you can get out and about is one thing, but when you've got no one to share things when you're at home by yourself is something else. And I'm delighted to have a special guest today that's going to talk about what it's like to be searching for maybe that that special someone or a companion, uh, perhaps whatever you're looking for. Linda Miller is the CEO and founder of Misty River Introductions, and Linda has been at this a long time. And I'm going to let her share her story because it's unique, it's different, it's not what you're thinking. So if you thought automatically online dating, I think you're going to stick around and think rethink that because this is very different. And Linda, I didn't mean to imply that you're ancient when I said you've been doing it for quite some time, but <laughs> I understand you started before you actually started your business because this seems to be your calling. So welcome to the show and thank you so much for dropping in to tell everyone what it is that you're all about. I'm excited to hear. Well, thank you. Um, so I actually was doing this before I became a matchmaker, a real like uh, paid to be matchmaker. So I was uh, in college and I would match up all my college friends and everyone I went to school with. And I'd go on a date with someone and say, you know, well, there's good news and bad news. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you're for me, but I have somebody that I think you really like. And so that's kind of how it got started. And I had quite a few friends that got married through people they met through me. And um, I was in university. I'd had had my first son and I was in university taking psychology. And I had a dream one night that I was a matchmaker. And I told my mother about it and my identical twin sister. And uh, she said, uh, they both said, oh, you know, you'd be great at that. You should do that. And uh, I, of course, had no idea how you go about setting up a business or how you go about, you know, the questions you ask and all that kind of thing. But I think I had a natural talent for it, a natural sort of knack. And I started up a business out west. Um, I did Manitoba, Saskatchewan, Alberta. So very big client base. And um, I basically did ads in newspapers and before no, and, and then it was on uh, CBC picked up a story about me. And uh, before I know it, I was in big business and things were uh, going right along. Of course, I was lucky at the time. I had a husband who was able to support me while I started my endeavor. And uh, it took a year or two to build up a client base, but it was really fun. And I knew instantly that I loved it. I really felt I did, you know, I did good things for people. I think I changed people's lives when they met someone that they really, really liked. And that's really uh, was, I mean, not yeah. only were you, um, well, you had a lot of experience and success in order to jump into business. And I can only think of how many people might be interested or would be, would love to have that success before they actually did the business end of it. But you had that, that knack and you were able to do that. And how long ago was that, Linda? You've been doing it for some time, as I mentioned, but I want to make it ancient. So That's about 28 years ago, I think, 29 years ago. Um, and I just had my second son at the time. And so I did it for several years out there. And then I was transferred. My ex-husband was transferred out here. 
So uh, to Ontario. So I started up, I did Ontario and Quebec. And I did the whole province of Ontario. So it was quite different. And I sort of changed my business model. I decided that I wanted to meet people. Before that, I had been doing it all through the mail. And I sold my business in Manitoba. It's operated by a girl out there who does an amazing job. And she's been running it all this 26 years since I left. And uh, so I started Misty River Introductions here. And I really, really enjoyed that. And uh, it's gone very, very well. And uh, yeah. So very happy with my, with uh, the results. Well, excellent. I, I first saw the name Misty River Introductions uh, quite a few years ago between my ex-husband and my, my husband that just passed. And it intrigued me. I was interested and lonely and unsure. I, I saw my second divorce, so terrified is probably a better word. And I saw Misty River Introductions, and it really intrigued me at the time. But mm-hmm. I decided to go to university and get my education to become a teacher. So I jumped all my focus into that. And as it turned <laughs> out, I met my husband in teacher's college. So, uh, But I've seen mm-hmm. your name. I've seen your commercials. And I've been just intrigued because as a widow now, I've been on my own for four years. And I have a number of single friends who are in the online dating world. I can't say I haven't tried it. I just sort of put one toe in the water and it's too cold, too hot, whatever, and I jump out. But you have a very different approach. So I would imagine a lot of the listeners would sort of have uh, a, a, a fair handle on the online scene. What is it that you do that makes you so different? Well, I think we interview everyone in person. So we're completely different than the online services. We do charge more um, and it's a qualifier. So you're getting people who have jobs and cars and homes who are not, um, you know, struggling to make ends meet or looking for money from someone. We've done due diligence on people. So we know that their identity is verified. They live where they say they live. They work where they say they work. You're able to meet people and have us do that pre-screening for you. So say if you're someone who makes, you know, 75 or $100,000 a year or more, um, we can sort of screen for similar socioeconomic. Or if you have someone who's got a big education and they want someone with quite a bit of education, or they want to have children or at their retirement age and they want to meet somebody who likes to winter in Florida. These are all things that kind of go into the whole matching criteria that make it sort of, it's I I find my clients, it's way less stressful for them to come to me and let me do all that due diligence and and present them with people that meet their basic criteria every week. Mm -hmm. Then, you know, having to scroll through thousands of online profiles with people you don't even know if they're single or if they even live in this country or anything like that. So it's stories. (laughs) Yeah, I've heard horror stories, though. Yeah, so what we do is fairly unique, and I work with a team of great ladies who, you know, work very hard to make sure that the people that my clients are matched with are are good, and we kind of, we babysit you through the process to some degree to make sure, depending on how much, you know, interaction you want with us, but I do a lot of coaching, so I'm in in the office two days a week for coaching as well, so if someone needs to speak to me and needs to... um, you know, get, get an idea. Sometimes, you know, like people will call and say, well, I went on a date and it went great. And he said this, what do you think that means? 
So I speak great man speak, I great great lady speak. So I can sort of interpret what uh what that means and um and certainly uh you know help you with that. Okay, one of the things um you know you've mentioned you have a team of ladies and your website is excellent. I mean there's so much good information on there. I love I love your blogs. I think anybody who is um, totally unsure of what it is they're doing. I mean, any, everybody knows how much the world has changed pre-COVID and COVID. So what does dating even look like today for somebody who's been married like 50 years and suddenly on their own? It's, it's a little different, isn't it? So you say you have a team of ladies, but you're not, your clientele isn't just women, obviously, if you're matching. No, no, my matchmakers are mostly ladies right now, and uh, I've had male matchmakers in the past, but uh, we have even numbers in men and men and women. We advertise, you know, for instance, on Hockey Night in Canada or, you know, various programs that are geared towards men the same way we advertise on various programs that are geared towards women. But 50% of our business is still word of mouth. Somebody knows somebody who used our service and they like the outcome. So they're coming to us because they know we're a proven entity. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So that's kind of. So how has dating changed with, with COVID? What are your, what are your clients finding is working well for them or things that may be a little bit more difficult? Zoom is ever popular right now, but it's not the be all end all, I'm afraid. Yeah, so I've had a lot of people with different experiences. What I find is people are still getting out there and meeting people. I had one uh, guy, he was uh, a relatively young guy. And he, um, so March, I guess we locked down on March 13th, and I'd matched him with someone March 8th. And he said, you know, I've got family obligations this weekend. We'll, I'll connect with her, you know, after the weekend. And of course, the weekend was March 13th weekend and we shut everything down. So he phoned me and said, you know, I really like this lady's picture and profile and I really want to connect with her. But uh, <laughs> I've also got elderly parents that I'm the only caregiver for and they have health, they're compromised immune systems and I have to be careful. So anyway, they two of them Zoomed and they talked and Zoomed and they ended up having this three, four month relationship while we were locked down where they did all Zoom meetings and he, he was a foodie. So he would research a recipe, he'd email it to her. He'd research a wine that paired nicely with that. He'd email her all that information They'd set up their laptops on their islands. They'd cook a meal together. They'd sit and have their meal and have a wine. And, you know, he phoned me in, I think it was end of June. And he said, you know, Linda, I'm pretty terrified because I've uh, fallen in love with Nicole. And I, you know, I think that it's, it's meant to be. And he said, and I feel like I can tell her anything. And uh, she's so, my, like my soulmate. And he said, but what if I meet her and it's just not there? There's nothing. And I said, well, you know, <laughs> good news and bad news. Maybe you'll, you know, maybe it'll be great. And if it isn't, you've had three or four great dis- months of distraction where you've had this great romance. Mm-hmm. So anyway, they met and of course they felt the same way and they're still together today. I actually heard from him last week saying, you know, um, you know, his whole period of membership was up. And I, he said, I just want to let you know that I'm, still really in love and really happy and we're, we just get along great. 
So, uh, you know, that's one example. I had another lady who um, met a guy and they were going to meet for coffee at Tim Hortons. So they bought their coffees. They parked in opposite directions. They rolled down their window. They had a conversation six feet apart. Uh And then he said, you know, and again, this was in the summer. And he said, you know, I bought, brought a picnic. So he said, we could go down to the water and sit at one of the picnic tables and have this picnic. So she said, okay, we'll do that. And she said, it was the most amazing thing because she said, you know, anyone can take you to a restaurant, but, you know, Ed thought of all this stuff and he had, you know, he had wine and he had cheese and he had fruit and he had all this amazing picnic and they had a great time together and they dated for quite a long period of time. Now she's a woman in her seventies. So, you know, not easily impressed. But she said, I I was very impressed and it was so romantic and wonderful. So, you know, depending on the age group you are in and different right now, a lot of people my age and older are vaccinated. Well, basically people over 40 right now can be vaccinated. So the risk factor is going down for a lot of people. And certainly older people have been vaccinated for quite some time. And, you know, I've even had men say, can you put on my file that I'm vaccinated? Like it's a some kind of quality that you have. But, uh, yeah. well, so it's one of those important things right now. It's uh, it's critical in terms of, of uh, you know, togetherness or, or even like mindedness, because not everyone feels the same way about being vaccinated. So um, exactly. the last thing you want to do is if you're pro and you're vaccinated to find out that someone potentially is so anti and, and fear mongering and everything. I mean, it's, it's almost becoming a, a definer at the moment, I think. Um, but in terms yeah, of, no, I, would, I would agree. Yeah, I think but, that, uh, yeah, the people are coming down in two lines. I would say the majority of Canadians are compliant and they want this thing to be over. I think yeah. you'll find that our rates of vaccination will be higher than the U S because I think we are more sort of a liberal bent and we, we want to work as a, a unit and get this thing behind us. So Looking at the, I, at the pop-up clinics certainly tell a story about the, the willingness of, um, of Canadians to do what, I mean, they, they're lining up at midnight in a very chilly overnight and taking, you know, sleeping bags, blankets and chairs, and they're lining up because of not are they willing, but they're, uh, going above and beyond to make sure that they're, and it's not just for them. I mean, the news reporters that interview them find out that a lot of these people are doing it for their their loved ones and their community. So it's it's a very communal thing in a lot of ways. But I can see where it's yes. important. So as people are saying to you, you know, put this in my profile. What does your profile like? I mean, I, I've talked to my friends and, and all the questions and you answer some or you don't answer some. And, you know, some of the guys, they answer like 10 and that's it. You don't, don't really know anything. How extensive is your interview process? So it takes at least an hour. We go through an application with you. We find out all about what you're looking for, your background, your interests, the relationships you've had in the past, because that helps me as well. And then if you, if I feel like you're a good fit, there's lots of people that meet your criteria and you feel comfortable with the process and me and the company, then you can go ahead and we start matching you within the week is what we usually do is within a week, you'll have your first match. Usually I intuitively picking up things. I'm doing my mental Rolodex the whole time I'm talking to people and I'm like going, I know someone perfect. (laughs) So um, yeah, I had a woman, uh, 
in the last week and she said, you know, I'm German speaking. I'd really like to meet a German guy and uh, willing to go a little further afield if I can meet a German guy, someone who speaks German or at least understands it. And, uh, you know, my Rolodex was just going off with all the German men that I have. So, yeah. you know, it's uh, it's it sort of comes second nature to me. I intuitive. Well, obviously, you said that when you were like in college and uh, you're, you know, friends of friends and everything else. So probably you, you go to a lot of weddings. You know, I am invited to weddings. I don't usually attend because they're always on the weekend. And a lot of people as well don't want anyone to know they used a service. They want to be, you know, oh, we met organically and, you know, and that's fine. You know, one of the reasons people come to me for the confidentiality. Sorry? Is there still a stigma, do you think, to that? Or it's just a private Um, matter? I think people don't want people to believe they can't do it themselves. So, yeah, you know, there's there's always some hesitancy. The ironic part is people these days have no problem saying we met online. Yes. Yet, you know, the idea that someone would have to pay more because you're just paying a different level, really, right. to right. have someone help you. But, you know, for busy professionals or for people that, you know, just are not really Internet savvy, this is a great alternative. And um it makes it just that much easier as well. We get a lot of very high profile people in the community and they don't want all their personal information all over the internet. So they say, you know, I'd like to do, we have a facility for dealing, dealing with that. So your information is not going out to people that you haven't already vetted and said, yes, this is somebody I don't know. And I'm open to meeting them. They can see my profile and my information. So we're very careful about that because, you know, if you're a doctor and you don't want to be, you know, showing up on dates to, and finding out that somebody's a patient or, you know, that if you're a teacher, you don't want people showing up and that are, you know, parents of a student. Or if you're high profile in the community, maybe you own a sports team or something like that. And you, uh, you know, don't want everyone um, knowing your business and and knowing that you're in the market, uh, you know, and there's people that have a lot of money that don't want everybody seeing their profile because they don't really want anybody who's sort of, you know, after them for that. Uh, They want it to be a little more pure. And um, so it's, we're very careful with people's information. It's a big question because how much do you want to share with complete strangers? I mean, you answer a lot of questions. Some of them, I've seen some of them with like did a girl's weekend and, you know, sort of it's, almost entertaining to to have a, a look at some of the questions that are being asked and you go seriously like I'm going to tell you that right now I don't even know who you are and like everybody and their brother is going to see my personal views on some pretty intimate questions that they ask now yeah and you know, know you don't have to answer sorry Linda no no I agree I totally agree with you like you know people will say um my mother always said when I was young you know sex, religion, and politics. You shouldn't be, you know, discussing them in, you know, mixed company. And I think that it goes without saying that there's certain things that you shouldn't be discussing on a first or second date. Um, Obviously, you know, you have to be a little bit careful. And I think sometimes a little bit mystery is a little bit of mystery is more attractive. You know, sometimes I can have two people that hit it off great and then after the date 
you know, one of them will call and say, oh, forget it. You know, I heard so much information that I'm not interested in. And it's like, we all have stuff. But that stuff doesn't have to come out to a virtual stranger. For one thing, it shows that you don't have very good boundaries. For another thing is you're giving people all your worst information right off the bat. Like, let them fall in love with the mystery of you. (laughs) And then if they're sort of really deal breakers down the road, yeah, it's not going to work out. But at least you haven't turned people off right on a first date. Right. That's good advice. And from what you're saying, that they... You're offering not just the the matchmaking service, but there's a a lot of um, guidance and Mm -hmm. I don't want to call it coaching so much in, in, I guess it's relationship coaching, but a lot of guidance and advice from years of experience that you, you probably seen and heard just about most things, right? So you are, um, you have firsthand advice that that's been tried and, pr- and true whereas on the online dating site there is no advice there's no counseling there's no nowhere to turn if things go awry or a little wonky have you had relationships where it was a bit bumpy to start with yeah and I think that's one of the things I addressed with my blog because what I found is I was doing the same coaching with everyone that came along. So these are sort of my dating rules and I like you to follow them. And one of the things for instance is no texting. Oh. So texting is sort of a hookup medium for one thing like off internet and more, you know, hookup sort of sites. So we try to stay away from that. We're a different kind of company. And also, when you respond to somebody going, hey, on a text, <laughs> what you're doing is you're telling them, first of all, that you've got nothing better to do than to give someone time who has done nothing to earn it. Wow. And so this is sort of a, the kind of advice I give with people that are coming onto the service. And the reason, you know, since I did the blog, it's great because my goal and the goal of my staff is to get you as quickly and painlessly to what you're looking for as we can. We don't want, you know, we don't want to be your friend forever. You know, like we don't, we don't want to have you on, on the books forever. And so if you can, you know, process the information we give you as far as what works and what doesn't, you're going to be that much happier. We're going to be that much happier. And you're going to go and tell all your friends. So it's, in our best interest to make this go as well as possible. So there's some things that it's great to be able to say, you know, I wrote a blog about that and you can read about that and it'll really help you get you to where you're going to much quicker. I mentioned your blog a little bit a while ago that um, I took a quick look at it. I think I'm definitely going to revisit because there's some really good information on there with regards to, uh, relationships pre and post COVID during the whole shebang. It's not just about that. So you've been you've been uh, at this a long time. Here, here I go. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> have you noticed much of a difference in your business pre COVID? You know, during like, are there major differences in what people are looking for? Are things pretty much the same as your business been affected? Maybe it's maybe it's improved. I, I you know. I hear a lot of people about lonely. Yeah, we're busier than we've ever been. Like I found the last three or four years, every year, like we were 
doubling. It was crazy. And then COVID came along and I thought, oh my God, this is going to, you know, this is going to kill me. And it's not. It, the first wave we did shut down and I worked the company basically myself with a couple of part-time people for three months because I wasn't sure what I was going to do. And our software was not cloud-based. So then I had to rewrite the software, which I'd had in the works anyway. I was sort of had it in the works to do it this year, but it just bumped it up. So we bumped it up and then my staff is able to work from home. And I'm working with someone who's vaccinated now in the office. So I feel comfortable with that. Mm-hmm. And uh, the other girls work from home and it's going very well. We're incredibly busy. And as we come out of the next lockdown, which is probably within the next week or two, we're going to see again a big bump, which is what happens. It happened the last time, it happened after the first time. So, and so it's very busy. Where are you located? Where's your office? Our head office is in Carlton Place, Ontario, but we do the entire province of Ontario and Quebec. And I normally would travel. So normally I have 100,000 kilometers a year or something on my car. It's ridiculous because I'm going from town to town basically for a, a portion of my month anyway. This year I've been doing, you know, Zoom, FaceTime, phone interviews, and it, it's going very well. People like it. They're sort of still embracing the process. And uh, I don't think it matters because I know my, I know the market so well that I know whether I can help somebody or not just by doing the interview. Right. And your intuition, your spidey senses, if you will, uh, are as, as acute on Zoom and as it, like, what's your preference? I mean, it, you either spend a lot of time traveling and then short time meeting people or you can accommodate and serve more through the Zoom process. Do you miss? You know, I, I, yeah, I, I love, I love it, connecting with people and I find I connect really well with people on the phone, through Zoom, through FaceTime. Um, so I have no issues with any of that. Um, I, you know, I find I'm doing as good, of, I'm matching as many people doing it by phone as I am in, in, uh, in person. And people say to me, you know, I'd love to meet you when this pandemic business is over. And I say, well, you know, I'll probably be in your area. We can meet. You know, you can always invite me to your wedding. (laughs) (laughs) True enough. True enough. So um, I guess this is is kind of like more or less on, on the personal basis, but you have your match. I have my match. And I, of course, can't meet clients because it's a conflict of interest but I met my husband through my brother and uh, got married again in my 50s and uh, very happy and he's crinkling stuff in the background right now (laughs) well he 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 must be fascinated by your line of work because it, it is so unique and you're not like I like the personal touch that you have because I I just get the sense and I'm it's not like I'm knowledgeable enough but it seems to me that all the online stuff is just purely zeros and ones and algorithms and and there's no real heart if you will I do believe yeah for sure I believe that there's um you know it's frustrating for people I hear almost every person that joins says I tried it and you know it was miserable. I met somebody that was asking me for, you know, money and turned out he was from another country. And, or I, you know, found someone that was, you know, really not interested in being in a relationship. And 
you know, she just, you know, wanted to go and have dinners or, you know, she was, you know, one foot out of a marriage. And, you know, I really want somebody who wants to be with me and who wants a relationship. So this is very different. And we get people when they're putting down, you know, two or $3,000 to join a service, you know, that there's a level of commitment there that isn't there for some of these free online services. True enough. And I mean, you invest any, I guess any particular business, when you start investing money as opposed to just, you know, on a whim, uh, there's there's much more uh, credibility involved there. Now, you mentioned, I think you used the word packages. So you have yeah. some different things that people like different things will appeal to different people right so you have different setups that are going to appeal to people can you give us kind of like a quick idea of what some of that might be or how they differ? yeah so we have three different packages we have a a package which is 2650 plus tax and it gives you 12 face-to-face meetings now this package tends to be for people that aren't as visual because the photos aren't included. So you can pay as you go for photos. There's an extra $20 charge per gentleman's pictures um, or ladies' pictures. And it gives you up to six months on hold. So if you date the same lady for over six months, we complete your file, whether it's your first date or your 12th date. Um, Then our middle package is more popular because, of course, it gives you 12 face-to-face meetings, but it gives you all the photos included. So you don't pay extra for those. And it gives you up to a year on hold. So a nice package as well. Then we have a third package. That's $2,850 plus tax. And then our third flat package is $3,900. It's an unlimited meetings. It's all your photos are included. There is no hold period. So it's essentially a lifetime membership. And what I say to people is they're all good, but what stage of life are you as what stage of life are you at? And what is your decision-making style? So, you know how people say most people, you know, look at three houses before they buy one. I look at 30 houses. So I'm a picky gal. So um, if you're picky, maybe you should be in one of the, the bigger package. If you are dating with children, children make dating hard like children that live live at your home you can fall in love with somebody easily have a great relationship but if your kids don't get along forget it or if you're newly out of a relationship you might need longer of a whole period than someone who's dated and knows exactly what they want so these are all things to think about when you're picking a package is how picky am i how long do you think i need to figure out whether the guy is the right guy for me How are other factors in my life going to influence this? So family, children, that kind of thing. What if I meet somebody and it goes great, but I can't move the kids out of their school district because my ex lives in the school district. These are all things that are going to affect what's going on. Which is something that no online program is taking into account at all. So um, I I can only imagine as you're talking, I'm thinking of all the... (sighs) all the time invested to wade through so many possibilities, computations and permutations. I think they called it at one point. Um, (laughs) So when you, when you look at that now, your age range, do you have a, do you have a more uh, denser age range? Like your, your clientele, is it more geared to a specific age range or 
what do you so we're predominantly sort of 25 plus when you're under 25 you know you're working with young people you're socializing with young people who haven't been matched up yet then your friends start to get married off and whatnot our age group of our database grows um we get people of course right up to 90 we get a lot of people that are 50s 60s maybe have lost a spouse they passed away or they've gone through a divorce um so every age group is big with us um i would say not much under 25 though wow that's that's fairly that's really extensive that's more than i would have would have thought um you know like you said the dating scene has changed so much I'm I'm fascinated by the aspect of saying, you know, you don't get involved with the texting and that you, you know, some of your dating rules are really um, intriguing, make a lot of sense. I really Mm -hmm. like sort of that, uh, that aspect of understanding. Uh, You took a psychology course. Mm -hmm. I was doing clinical psychology at university when I decided I wanted to be in business instead. And I think they helped me. I did a lot of religion as well, which really helped me because you really have to understand people from different religions and cultures because you're dealing with all sorts of different religions and cultures. Um, We also do the LGBTQ community. So we're working with people from that community as well. It's a very, it's a relatively new thing, but we're, um, we're excited about that. And we've had some really wonderful people join. Mm-hmm. And I think it was very underserviced in Ontario. So for matchmakers, you know, rather than online. So there's a lot of people in that community that are really looking for something long term and, and want something more than just uh, something, you know, less, more casual. Are you, um, are you fairly unique in our province? Like I, I'm not aware of we, others like you. Yeah, so we're the largest matchmaking service in Ontario. We've been around the longest, um, and uh, certainly our client base is huge compared to anybody else. People come and go because people always think they can be a matchmaker. It's like people think they can open a restaurant because they gram- their grandmother had a great soup recipe, and yeah. it's like there's a lot more to it. If I could just say to you, you know, I'm a great matchmaker. I'm going to be, you know, kill it at this business. The reality is there's all sorts of stuff going on behind the scenes. So there's people that do the administration, which isn't key. There's people that make sure that, you know, as a client, your file is followed up on regularly key. There's a lot of people that manage the books or manage other things in my organization that I don't, so I'm not so good at. I don't really care about accounting. I don't really care about administration, except to make sure that my clients have regular follow-up and always know what's going on and what's happening next. Um, But as far as that goes, I really like the people aspect. I like the interviewing aspect, but I'm not a big admin person. I'm a big picture person. Yeah. So, you know, I could have done, if I just done that and did it all myself, I would not have had a business for as long as I've had it. I had to recognize that everyone has strengths and weaknesses. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think there are a lot of businesses that are started by people who are really gifted and talented in their specific skill set, but there is that business aspect that you know is lacking, and they don't fall away due to their their skill not being good enough. It's the the running of the business that becomes the problem. Um, 
it's 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 probably almost a catch twenty two. How do you get to the place where you grow enough to hire people and then keep you know it's uh, it's a bit tricky. But obviously, you you've handled that really successfully. As far as um, as someone looking, you must have different types of relationships that they'd be looking for. Like some people would be um, marriage minded, and some people might be companionship minded. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. So we get people, for instance, when you're in your 30s, probably you want to get married and have a family. Uh-huh. And then some people in their 60s and 70s want to get married as well. But there's a lot of people that are looking for companionship. So we've even had many successful matches with people, you know, that have quite a bit bringing to the relationship. So they were financially, they were very well off and they want their money to go to their children. Uh So rather than at the age of 75, complicating their life too much, they chose to meet someone and have a companionship relationship where they travel together. They have a romantic relationship. They eat together in the evening. They do all that kind of stuff, but they don't live together. Uh They kept to keep two separate residences and it makes it much simpler. It also makes it simpler getting out. So, you know, if you're in your eighties, for instance, and you're dating someone, And what ends up happening is someone's health deteriorates. And what generally happens is the kids step in as caregivers. So if you're not living in that relationship or in that situation, it's easier to step back and let that happen. Whereas if you're living with someone, it can create all sorts of contentious relationships. So um, in some ways, I can understand why people opt for that rather than getting married or living together. Yeah, I've seen I've seen both sides of that. I'm I'm 70 and I have friends. Most of my single friends Mm -hmm. are in their middle to late 50s because they're active. They're Mm -hmm. doing things. A lot of people my age um, really aren't doing a whole lot. And. I still have lots of energy and I want to get out and spend the winter skating with my granddaughter. Like I'm a busy person. I just like to do things. Um, mm. But, and then I, the older crowd doesn't, I've seen some that have gotten married and are quite happy. They, they move in. Of course they have the full married life relationship. And then I've had some that, um, you know, that's, that they don't even venture to look because they see marriage as being the only option out of that. And that's why I was kind of asking that. They don't see the possibility of finding a companion as opposed to a a spouse. Yes. And I think that, you know, sometimes people aren't aware that there's options and it's a, it's very good point. And um, if you're meeting people that aren't active in their seventies, you're looking in the wrong place because we get people that are still downhill skiing and hiking and jogging and doing traveling the world in their seventies and eighties. So, you know, the people you're hanging around with, you know, you might need to change that up. <laughs> <laughs> I hear you loud and clear there, Linda. I just, uh, I just <laughs> up with the younger people. So. <laughs> and that's, that's true because I, well, I lost my husband four years ago and I moved to Southern Ontario. I'm just outside of Toronto and uh, still trying to make it my home in the midst of stuff going on. So um, it's interesting. Life is interesting. And uh, this is what it's all about with don't die before you're dead, because I believe that we need to really grab life for all that it's got to offer for as long as we can and not just to sort of quit on it uh, at any I don't know, predetermined age that it's 60, 70, whatever, that all of a sudden we're, we're done being 
full of life. So uh, hence, hence my, my title of not dying before you're dead. It's just like, okay, so the older people that are, are maybe not wanting to get married, but could still find a companion to live life and be full of energy and gusto and get up, even if it's just going for a walk. I mean, not, I'm not a downhill skier. I don't do anything that doesn't come with brakes. <laughs> you know, <it's> yeah. just, <laughs> I'll try most things, but um, yeah. <laughs> But, you know, just to get out and do what you can while you can. So obviously, um, if you're not going to be an active person, you probably wouldn't seek out your service, I would think. Uh, well, the thing is, we're fully formed adults by the time we get to be 30 or 40. So you're going to have some things that you do that he doesn't want to do or he does that she doesn't right. want to do. And you can't get bogged down in that because unless it's something like if she's golfing six days a week for eight hours a day, that becomes an issue for some people. But if you're playing tennis, you're playing an hour or two here and there with people that are at your own level anyway. So your partner probably isn't at the same level as you. So those kind of things, you're going to have the things you want to do. So, Oh, she's out playing tennis. I'm going to get in my shop and do some woodworking. I have a project I'm working on right now. I'm going to do my own thing. So it doesn't need to be this. You're not looking for a clone of yourself. You're looking for somebody who has different activities. Maybe that they can introduce you to. Right. You know, so maybe they volunteer somewhere that's really fun and interesting. And, you know, they're happy to drag you along and you get involved in it. Or maybe they play bridge and you've never played bridge and they get you into bridge. So, or maybe there's, you know, interesting hikes or, you know, things they can sort of show you. And it's what makes being in a relationship exciting. I I, Absolutely. Uh, And I have to be one that says that I kind of miss that. Um, Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's very different. I, I've always been a very sports minded individual. I like all kinds of sports always have. But there's really no fun cheering by yourself. <laughs> you know, no. it's hard to get excited about cheering somebody on while they're running the bases when it's like just you and like cat doesn't care. And it's kind of like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so this this is this is you've really opened my eyes to a lot of viewpoints that um otherwise, you know, I, I wouldn't have really thought about in terms of you know, considering what some people are are doing in their their relationships right now, and of course we're at awkward times. But Linda, it's been it's been so good having you here. And again, I, I would tell people to check out your blogs because you've got some really great information. You have shared so much. People can find you. What where can they find you? Again, your your Misty River introductions. Um, what's your website? So it's mistyriverintros.com mistyriverintros.com and our we have a toll-free number on there i think it's 877-344-9041 i don't call myself too much but I do have a toll-free number so if you're calling there's also local numbers so if you're calling from southwestern ontario or northern ontario or toronto or montreal there's a local number for you to use there um ottawa of course has its own number as well there's a great chat feature on there. So if you're nervous, as many of my clients are initially, uh, you can use the chat feature. You don't have to pick up the phone and call us. You can go on there and you can um, ask your questions on there. I always love talking on the phone because I'm a gabber, as you can see, and uh, love the, the you know, connecting with people and getting to know them. And I have a great job. Like, 
I, I had the best job in the world. Uh, I'm so thankful that I spent the time to build the business and get it going because I do love it. And um, so, you know, always happy to talk to you on the phone. No obligation to join. If you feel like you want to go ahead, fine. If you want to go away and think about it, if you decide against it, I'm always fine with that as well. So, Well, you've been a wealth of information. I can certainly tell you like chatting with people. So do I. But uh, (laughs) (laughs) twice divorced and uh, a widow, I'm certainly not magic maker uh, material. And I tell, I I know marriage advice. (laughs) Well, clearly you know how to close a deal. Well, yeah, third time's the charm. And, and look, that's kind of funny because I, I was my husband's third wife too. So, I mean, it was uh, it was quite oh. funny having some interesting conversations from time to time. But I've so enjoyed hearing about your approach. Um, Thank you. I, I, it just makes so much sense in a world where we hear so much about the people, some people really being more in it for themselves and for anyone else. And it's more of a, it's a business for them in some cases. And uh, so it's really been nice to hear that there is someone that is taking care of people, not (laughs) necessarily um, just throwing people together and see, it's like throwing spaghetti at the wall and seeing what sticks, but you've got a heart for the the business. You've done well. You're still running in Quebec as well as Ontario then? Uh, we do uh, sort of mostly Anglo-Quebec okay. and Uruguay, uh, so West Island, that area, uh, right to downtown. But, you know, unfortunately, right now, I don't have anybody that speaks French. And I grew up in the West, and my French teacher was sadly lacking. So <laughs> my French is minimal. And um, But I find the Francophones that we deal with are happy to deal with us in French as long as we're matching them with other Francophones. or someone who knows the language. And I think to some extent that's important because the nuance of language is so important, sense of humor, um, that kind of thing, that if you don't have the nuances, it really is lost. And, you know, if you meet someone and you're, you know, you take them home to your family and everybody's speaking French or they all have to default to English because, you know, your guy or your girl doesn't speak French, it's laborious and it makes it hard. So as much as possible, if someone wants to stay with Francophone, we are happy to do that. But unfortunately, we can't really, we're not, our French is terrible. (laughs) Embarrassing. (laughs) (laughs) People that are are looking for uh, somebody as pleasant, as understanding, as compassionate as you, uh, language, I'm sure is something they'll, they'll meet you wherever you're at. So Linda, it's been, it's been so nice. Um, I planned Actually, I was supposed to leave yesterday. I have a, a camper in the works to go and do a cross Canada tour, speaking, oh, lovely. a book signing tour, because I had my book come out in January. But of course, that's all been put on hold. But I might get mm-hmm. locked into Ontario, so I might be making the rounds. And uh, <laughs> I'll give you a call. Maybe we'll be able to have a coffee or a, a chat again later. But thank you so much for taking time out of your schedule and 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 sharing such a. Um, such a wealth of information and your insights to your business. And I, I just encourage people to, you know, to pick up the phone and meet, or text or chat with you and, and find out that there, there are better ways. And, you know, not all the online dating sites are free. No, they're not. That's what people said, you know, I'm paying a subscription of like $89 a month yeah, you and getting nowhere. 
Yeah, I may as well is. come to you yeah. and have you do the work. Yeah. Yeah. So I think the I think maybe having a chat with you might be a good idea and see where the investment really needs to be. So again, thank you so much. I thoroughly enjoyed chatting with you, and I wish you and your family all the very best. And uh, let's look forward to getting out of prison soon. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. It was great talking to you, Mary. Take care. Take care. You too. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye.